0: Uh, Hi, all. Thank you so much, um, Ali, for inviting me, and thanks um, to everyone for being here. As you heard, my name is um, Sarah Perry. I am the Director of Digital Heritage uh, in the Department of Archaeology at the uh, University of York. I lecture on the topic of cultural heritage management, and I also... Uh, direct the department's archaeological information systems uh, program and in all of those um, different capacities I am deeply invested uh, in working with digital tools in a discipline archaeology that's not nece- necessarily known for its engagements um, with uh, new media but often is actually at the, at the forefront of a lot of new media um, activities. I was um, educated as a visual anthropologist and a field archaeologist um, in Canada and in the UK where I specialised in studying uh, the media, primarily uh, digital and visual uh, media that archaeologists use in the course of their uh, practice. So that might be in teaching, in research, in promoting and presenting the discipline um, to its many audiences, both public uh, and uh, professional. And owing to my research interests and the administrative responsibilities that I have uh, in the department at York, I live a lot of my academic life online which means that my professional identity is really quite exposed. Um, I've been running, part of that is my fault, (laughs) I've been running a personal uh, research blog um, since 2009 um, where I often post quite frank discussions about my experiences uh, as a new academic. I have um, active professional Twitter, um, YouTube and Google um, plus accounts but on top of that I teach my students to use um, Twitter, uh, uh, YouTube, um, Blogger, uh, etc., Google Hangouts, and all of that in their coursework. I assess them on using those um, social media uh, in class, and then on top of that, I run workshops where I'm teaching my colleagues to do all of this uh, this stuff um, to in to use these tools basically effectively in their um, everyday working lives. So I feel uh, fairly confident in saying that uh, I'm intimately familiar with the productivity um, of computer-mediated uh, communication. But at the same time, I'm also intimately familiar with its risks. And I feel a deep sense of responsibility to equip um, my students and my colleagues and others with the means to recognize, um, to negotiate and to directly respond to those Risks. So I'm going to introduce you um, today to a project that's quite close um, to my heart, um, in that it was um, born out of my own personal, and for me uh, would have been very heartbreaking, um, experiences as an academic using social media in. Uh, and digital, generally, general digital media in my everyday uh, work and I have to say at the outset that I have the great fortune of collaborating with two uh, research assistants, Jim Osborne and uh, the new, newly minted Dr. Lucy Shipley, neither of whom could make it here. Um, today, uh, but they've been equal partners uh, in the study, this Gender and Digital Culture Project, and I think I speak for both of them in saying that we are all great fans uh, of digital and social media Uh, we come from a a position of great enthusiasm for the affordances of these um, technologies, and in fact I often promote um, the subject area using um, the anthropologist Barbara King's um, model of the unafraid Blogger, wherein one is encouraged to embrace the unruly um, nature of the online world, precisely because it's it's that unruliness that makes it so productive in the first place. Um, As as Barbara says, the it's the wild side (laughs) of online engagement. That's the very crux of its productivity. It's also uh, the source of considerable danger and something that I think we all know um, often goes totally unregulated. And so, in discussing the ethics of digital communication and the pitfalls uh, and possibilities of that communication, I can speak um, very personally about some of that danger. So I am going to tell you a tiny bit um, about my story, but I, don't, I try not to dwell on it um, too uh, much, so I hope you don't mind if I skip through most of the details. Um, in my own case, uh, about um, two years coming on, three years now, just as I was finishing my PhD, and I was transitioning into um, my uh, new job at the University of York, I began to receive a series of private uh, messages uh, focused on my sexuality and my appearance, um, direct to my email and other personal online accounts from colleagues, people that I knew, Uh, from institutions around the world. So some that I was working with at the institution that I was with then, then at the institution that I'm with now, and then uh, with others outside of those um, institutions. And those um, communications tended to be um, very detailed um, fantasy-like descriptions, uh, sometimes accompanied by um, perverted photographs and so forth. And I was so embarrassed about the communications uh, and so confused about um, how to respond that I just ignored them. Um, But last year after it had happened to me for the fifth time from a fifth um, professional acquaintance of mine, I figured I had to do um, something about it because in that instance it was much more aggressive uh, and persistent and it was the first time that I was actually scared um, about what was going to happen uh, next. So, what I did was um, the only thing that I know how to do, which is start to re- do research. Um, so, I began to research other women who had been subjected to um, gender related harassment by digital media. So, a lot of these names are probably uh, very familiar um, to you, particularly C- Carolyn Criado Perez or Uh, Mary Beard or Anita um, Sarkeesian um, because their um, harassment has been incredibly um, public uh, and often quite faceless so the difference here was that I (laughs) had essentially no public visibility or a very tiny um, public visibility uh, and I knew all of the people that were um, harassing me there was no question about it and so Those kind of discrepancies and reflecting upon my own experience made me think about um, the dynamics of the abuse and how it related to things like age, um, status, gender, um, uh, my, the stage of my career, uh, my personal identity, and, and, of course, anonymity, my own visibility, and then um, my perpetrator's um, lack of anonymity. And so the second thing I started to do was look for tools, and as it turned out um, at the time, lack of tools, um, to mitigate the abuse. And so I then met, met Jim and Lucy, and from there, um, the Gender and Digital Culture Project was born. So, the project has um, multiple parts, and I'm going to talk primarily about uh, a survey uh, that we conducted online um, earlier in 2013, so last year between July and September. Our aim the survey was to, be, to it begin to investigate really on just a very prelim- preliminary terms everyday experiences in using digital media uh, in a professional capacity and I do think that that we um, have been uh, filling a gap in the knowledge base through this research because of the predilections of the extant literature so maybe all of you are very highly familiar with this so um, <laughs> forgive me as I go through the basics um, when we know that when digital technologies were first um, developing into commonplace mechanisms for social communication, that academic concern immediately turned to um, uh, vulnerable groups, namely young people and the possibility that um, these tools would allow um, connection between um, vulnerable groups and uh, potential predators. Uh, so that the anonymity afforded a kind of uh, very dangerous access. So this is the first level of concern. Others then suggested, no, that's probably not too much to worry about because, uh, in fact, there's so much promise offered by this anonymity. What the anonymity provides is a space to open up the conversation, to allow other people um, to contribute, to make um, our engagements with others more um, democratic and egalitarian. Others then complicated that by saying that, well, this kind of communication often tends to have um, variable and gendered um, dimensions to it. And nowadays you have multiple scholars like Herring talking about um, how the the promise for the positive applications of online anonymity hasn 't really been fulfilled um, by modern compu- computer mediated communication and uh, rather effective online communication networking um, collaboration tends to depend on a sense of trust um, and authenticity which is usually established through some kind of direct connection um, with um, w- between one's online and offline profile <laughs> and so and, uh, and and to be an anonymous has in some cases um, become a bit of a warning sign about inappropriate uh, behaviour and Claire, Hardacker, Claire Hardacker's research into the phenomenon of trolling um, indicates that its anonymous nature structures and to some extent entirely defines its vicious uh, and personal tone. Today, what you find is that often your, recogniz- your recognizability provides a bit of, of sense of authenticity and that becomes a real commodity, a valuable commodity in the online world. But then as you make yourself more um, accessible, your visibility is increase and you're left open to this kind of unmediated scru- scrutiny. And that it's that power imbalance, opening yourself up and allowing that authenticity in and then ex- in a sense then exposing yourself to um, abuse, that imbalance um, is a particular concern um, to me. So as I started to look around at who else was studying this subject area, um What I found is that a lot of the literature focused on individuals who cross um, the boundary between online and offline celebrity. Um, People that have been victimized uh, online but already had a significant offline presence. And because they had that offline presence, it essentially provided a bit of a grounding in which they could more easily respond. Um, They could react in a manner that both exposed the nature of their experience and provided an arena for discussion. The critical question for me then um, became, sorry, I'll leave it up there, um, became um, the extent to which the same kind of problematic engagements are happening to non-celebrities, lesser uh, known figures, individuals who are required to use social media Um, or digital media as part of their everyday working lives, but maybe don't have the same kind of clout uh, or capacity to respond uh, and counter their harassers. Uh, So I was particularly interested then in everyday professionals in um, the online world. And so to kind of get a sense of that, that experience... Uh, We began um, our project by surveying a population of over uh, 400 professionals who returned um, 398 valid questionnaires. Um, 68% of those came from women. 245 unique professions uh, were represented among the survey sample, although there were some clear trends in job types. Unsurprisingly, given my um, background, um, archaeologists of various sorts made up about 20% of the respondents and others came from fields as diverse as uh, librarianship, the clergy, neuroscience, marketing, climate change, aesthetics, etc., um, but 60% uh, of the total sample associated themselves with the higher education uh, sector and what's interesting is that the findings from the higher education sector pretty much parallel exactly what you see in the larger, um, in the larger population. Um, so 34, 33.4% identified themselves as established mef- members of their profession, while nearly 50% considered themselves uh, to be either students or junior level employees. I think what was critical was that of the total survey sample, approximately 41.5% or 165 people spoke of experiencing at least one instance of inappropriate or abuse of communication via digital media in their working lives, and the proportions were nearly identical for men and women. There was no discrepancy um, between them. 41.1% for men, 41.2% for women. Um, On top of this, at least 40% of the instances were perpetrated by individuals who were known um, to our respondents offline. We found that um, Uh, 37% reported five uh, or more um, instances of problematic digital interactions in their professional um, lives to date. Um, And on top of that, approximately 81% of women reported the involvement of at least one man um, compared to 51% of male respondents reporting, reporting the involvement of at least one female Um, Of the 165 respondents who reported inappropriate um, or abusive digital professional experiences, 130 individuals provided qualitative detail, which we then coded uh, into 12 categories. And these categories included everything from overt stalking um, to descriptions of potential suicide um, attempts to what were the most commonplace um, responses? A kind of general bad-mouthing um, or unprofessionalism that was coming through in um, digital communications. Uh, sexual harassment in 41 instances. Attacks on the professional character um, of, a, of uh, the respondent. Attacks or attacks on the personal character um, of the respondent or other abusive or threatening messages that weren't of a specifically um, physical nature. Uh, The interesting part is that women were more likely to report sexual um, harassment and men were more likely to report um, general bad-mouthing. So, whilst they had the same level of um, reported abuse, the nature of that abuse um, differed. I'm going to um, just share with you a few of the um, reports that came back in our um, surveys because some of them are quite, um, they kind of get to your your core. Um, So uh, a female information technology specialist um, wrote, I've had a number of inappropriate sexual comments as well as at least two violent threats One was from a commentator on a blog that had written about me who claimed he knew where I lived and was going to come see me. Almost every woman I've talked to in my field has been sexually harassed in some way, and online harassment is common. Uh, A male archaeologist wrote um, to us, the worst was to receive copies of defamatory emails, Uh, sent to developers that I had been acquainted with for over 30 years. They asserted that I was incompetent, inexperienced, untrained, uh, unprofessional, and so on. Uh, Lengthy rants. Uh, A female educator wrote, uh, five years ago I ran a fairly well-visited feminist political and current affairs blog, as well as some other personal um, blogs, I also used um, Facebook Live journal, and several discussion forums. Harassment and the um, ever existent threat of harassment has stopped me from being able to participate. I erase myself online. Uh, a male archaeologist wrote, um, "I received aggressive comments on my research." blogging and engagement work on other websites, propaganda about me, and my work was published online, then syndicated to newspapers. A threat uh, of surveillance was made on another website. I and my supervisors received emails as part of a fortunately non-starter campaign to have me censured for my research. I received a threat that I would be detained by the police the next time I entered the country um, in an email. And a female... um, Public sector employee wrote, an individual found my details and those of others on a committee website. He persistently emailed all of us detailing how, how attractive he found all of us, etc. When we did not respond, he sent threats to us in the form of supposed programs that would damage our computers and networks. Uh, and the last uh, one, which was quite common amongst um, the responses... Uh, A female um, English academic wrote, she took a photograph of me delivering a lecture so that she could show her thousands of Twitter followers how strange I looked. Uh, Inspired a conversation still available on Twitter uh, between a few followers about the merits of my hairstyle. Um, Disturbingly, of the 165 um, respondents who experienced such um, uh, troublesome uh, engagements, Uh, Only 59.4 reported taking some form of action as a result. And 93 of these provided um, longhand descriptions of their actions, um, which we also coded this time into 13 categories. And the most frequent actions taken, sometimes um, in combination with uh, one another, were to either privately or publicly call out um, the person for their inappropriate Um, behavior, uh, to seek institutional support or guidance, to block, unfollow, ban, or delete evidence of um, the perpetrator, or to basically do the same to yourself, to hide, delete, or alter your own online profile, um, to protect yourself from the perpetrator. But the most common um, reaction to these incidents was to disregard them completely. Uh, With various uh, respondents specifically stating, for example, that they quote, ignored it, which in my mind, in this circumstance, uh, is action. Um, Men and women were equally likely to act, but those who did tended um, to be slightly older and considered themselves to be established members of their profession. I think perhaps the most disturbing of all of the reports, though, entailed cases where respondents sought institutional support um, but received none in return. So I'm just going to quote um, you several of um, these because it came up repeatedly. Um, A male literature and performance um, studies scholar wrote that since the threat of violence... Uh, was made by someone who'd claimed to be on the staff of a university for which I'd worked online, I tweeted a complaint at the uni's uh, account with a linked link, assumed this was the most public way um, to address the issue, and thus they might actually do something. Uh, nothing resulted. A female human resources um, employee wrote, I spoke to my line manager about this, which was uh, her the bad mo thing that she'd received, uh, on Facebook, uh, but I was told that the organization could not take action on it with the students since it was a public forum, Facebook, rather than the university's uh, virtual learning environment. A female art historian wrote that reported some instances, in this case it was sexual harassment uh, and stalking, um, to professional forum on which it occurred. Um, no support received, seemed to be blind to gender implications, evidently not trained, no policy in place. Uh, A male archaeologist wrote, uh, I raised the matter in my office, at first with complaints that something needed to be done. Unfortunately, my manager is both busy and an old friend of the party involved. I had to ramp it up the ladder several times. I checked with the union for support, but none was available. Uh, I finally threatened to take legal action on my own, advising my director that I was being defamed and harmed and that they were doing nothing um, to protect me. So I think the interesting thing is is that 72.4% of the um, total uh, respondent um, cohort um, to the survey noted the overall positive um, or very positive impacts of digital media on their everyday working lives. Thirty-four point seven of these individuals, nevertheless, um, acknowledged that they were being subjected um, to inappropriate um, communications, and forty-three point one percent acknowledged their colleagues' as comparable problematic experiences. So we had. 47% 47% of the respondents um, to the questionnaire speak of their colleagues' um, negative experiences, identifying what to appear to be over 500 <coughs> different perpetrators involved in more than 150 unique instances um, of problematic um, exchange uh, through digital media. Of these um, secondhand reports, 33% um, were sexual... Uh, or just, just above 33% were sexual in nature. 36% um, uh, were labelled as uh, generally unprofessional um, or bad-mouthing. 8% um, were recognised as personal attacks on character. 5 as professional attacks on character. And then others were reporting threats and stalking uh, and uh, more public uh, sort of tro- trolling-oriented um, behaviour. And the gendered nature of some of these communications was highlighted in a lot of detailed, longhand replies, uh, where in one case a respondent recounted um, the sexual harassment experienced by one of his colleagues. Um, So this male graphic designer wrote, the especially disturbing issue was that it was not a friend, but rather a professional acquaintance through Facebook who had instigated this and had done so through private messages rather than on the Facebook wall where others could see it, The same colleague um, continued to communicate even after she defriended him using email accounts that he knew her to have. He tried to make contact with her through a third party, putting her in an awkward position with this group. And another um, respondent summed up what is clearly the spectrum of problematic um, behaviours manifesting in digital but also in analogue forms of communication. Uh, This male archaeologist wrote... A range um, from informal communications from students to intrusive and inappropriately sexual communications uh, from peers. The inherent ambiguity in some digital media added to the difficulty and confusion in many cases as they blur the professional and the personal, the public and the private. In many cases, this was just old-fashioned crude abuse in new formats." So while men and women might have slightly different um, experiences in the online world, a significant, a not insignificant number of them um, appear to be quite problematic and do seem to induce feelings of helplessness and non-response. And what is most worrisome, I think, is the not uncommon lack of guidance, um, policies or support structures um, to manage these experiences. And I think I find this particularly um, concerning, Uh, in professional environments that mandate um, engagement. For instance, in the UK academic sector where impact um, is essentially obligatory for successful grant funding um, and the overall assessment of the quality of research. Um, Especially as higher education employers require their staff and, and even their students, as I do, to open themselves up more and more to exposure and scrutiny through myriad Um, digital tools, one would hope that adequate measures to protect these individuals um, are available, not not optional. Uh, And sending staff to training programs about online etiquette, which seems to be um, the most common institutional reaction um, to the hazards of the web, should not be considered, I don't think, the only acceptable response to actual harassment uh, and abuse. In two distinct instances reported by survey, survey respondents from the same university, one from a female politics professor and one from a female linguistics student, the respondents appeared on, appeared on different British television uh, programs as representatives of their university. And they were subsequently subjected to harassment on Twitter about their looks. So the student um, reported... A male included me with an at into a conversation with his male friend about how many pints he would need to sleep with me. Several tweeters, mainly women, tweeted variations on the theme of brainy but effing ugly. Another woman um, involved in that program also had a huge response on Twitter because people found her sexually attractive and some expressed in very violent ways things they would like to do to her. She had to make her Twitter account um, private. In the professor's experience from the same university. Again, she was representing the university. She sought guidance from the university um, in response to the abuse that she'd received on Twitter, Um, uh, in the hopes that the university would be able to help ensure her own safety. Um, But the response was an apparent lack of awareness of the problem. Uh, And as she um, put it, quote, some individuals may be able to shrug off disturbing comments or even physical threats, but for others, this is a deeply damaging experience, and it most certainly is not part of what we sign up for um, as academics. But when it happens online, its victims are expected to simply put up with it. So other research, I think, reinforces the point, uh, and uh, Mitchell has published this Publicly, hence identifying her um, name there. Um, other research supports um, M- Mitchell's perspective. So, a Canadian <coughs> research project, which is ongoing right now, um, <coughs> based at sorry, based at Simon Fraser University, has surveyed over a thousand students and staff about their cyberbullying experiences. Um, and when, what they found out is that uh, it plays out uh, again as we found on equal levels for men and women. Um, so men and women are being bullied um, at the same, uh, to the same extent through digital media. Um, but it's again quite gendered um, uh, in terms of how they react to it. So men seem to be able to, bi- to a bit more easily dismiss Uh, the bullying, um, whereas women saw it as more of a threat um, because they perceived it to have deeper repercussions for them interpersonally. Uh, And the same study identified uh, a gaping policy hole um, uh, in their scan of the literature and the extent policies uh, in Canada and beyond uh, regarding cyberbullying. So this kind of left me with (laughs) the situation um, through our research that two in every five um, professionals was um, reporting abuse, uh, few with any kind of recourse um, to means to keep themselves um, safe beyond doing things like ignoring um, the problem, blocking the perpetrators, deleting or hiding their own online profile, or naming and shaming the perpetrators, Um, which is really a kind of mob justice that depends on the same types of problematic communication strategies that you're reacting uh, against. Um, The efficacy of these approaches, I think, is dubious, especially in their inattention to the root um, problems. So um, particularly uh, Jim and Lucy uh, set out on scanning university policies on um, online harassment to see whether there was anybody out there uh, that could give us um, some kind of cogent strategy for um, moving uh, forward. Um, they uh, were looking through policy documents that were available through the public domain, uh, and also um, documents that had been shared have been shared anonymously. Uh, private documents that have been shared anonymously with us through our colleagues and other contributors to the survey. Um, and Jim and Lucy in their uh, scan of these um, documents ended up focusing on 10 universities in particular and through that analysis of 10 UK-based um, uni- unis, they kind of came up with an idea about what seems to be the, ten- the, the strategy proposed, um, the, the typical strategy proposed. Uh, So that strategy um, seen at these 10 universities uh, all followed this kind of course of one, two, three. One, targets of online harassment are encouraged by the university on their own to personally confront their abusers. Again, by themselves. If that personal confrontation on your own uh, fails, then you are encouraged to reach out to counsellors or informal mediators for advice and support. And if that mediation then fails, um, you are encouraged to make a formal um, complaint against uh, the abuser. The problem um, that uh, we had <laughs> in um, looking through these recommendations was that it didn't necessarily jive with um, the safest uh, um, practice for tho- those who've been victimized in the first instance by going out on your own and directly confronting um, your harasser. You can uh, inflame the situation and worsen uh, and worsen it. Um, we. Uh, came across various situations where when mediators and counsellors were involved, um, they didn't seem to be as easily able to uh, address external abusers, so abuse abuse that was happening from those outside the institution um, uh, because of lack of being able to go beyond the institution in terms of their remit. Um, what also seems to be uh, an issue in terms of the success of these strategies is that many people are uncomfortable um, in sharing their stories. Maybe they have to go through something five times, as per me, um, to uh, ever bring it up in the first place. And so the best case scenario often is just that you end up uh, gaining a bit of confidence uh, in being able to you know, withstand continuous um, abuse and just yeah, dealing with it. Uh, And if the offender is not a member of your own institution, again, there is seemingly a a limit to the action that can be taken on an informal basis. uh, And formal complaints against another institution tend not to be um, that well supported um, from within the institutions, although maybe we'll hear today that that's not not necessarily the case at Oxford. So just as a couple of examples um, for you... Um, The University of Exeter's um, harassment um, policy advocates, quote, if possible, go and talk to the person concerned, tell them that their behaviour is causing offence, and ask them to stop. It's best to approach the person at the earliest opportunity to prevent the behaviour from escalating, After that contact counsellors for support and mediation and then with regards to social media and we found this fairly consistently that where social media guidance was provided it was usually on how you yourself um, should behave so in this case uh, the Exeter policy documents <laughs> uh, remind users that, quote, they are representing the university at all times. If you are using social media for university purposes, um, if it, is import- it, is- sorry, it is important to ensure that any such use is as secure as possible in order to protect the university's reputation. Um, the University of Southampton's approach is fairly similar um, to Exeter. Again, you confront the abuser yourself and discuss the issue with them Maybe reach out then to a dedicated harassment um, officer um, to possibly resolve the situation through mediation and then after that maybe make a formal complaint. And their social media policies, again, are quite loosely um, defined, uh, focused on how you should um, deal with your own behaviour online (laughs) um, rather than behaviour that's being uh, inflicted upon um, you by internal or external um, parties. Cardiff, for us, was um, the only uh, that we've found so far, although, again, very keen to hear others um, that can be used as models of good practice. Cardiff's policy is the only um, to imply um, that uh, if you are contacted or suffering abuse from an individual outside um, the university, that they will take some um, responsibility uh, in addressing... Uh, that uh, abuse. So as per their uh, online statements, if you wish to make a complaint to the University about content on a social media channel um, complete this form, you can link to it there, uh, and email it. Um, All complaints will be considered and if there's been a breach of uni policy then attempts will be made to locate the owner of the material who will be asked to remove the material and in serious cases disciplinary action will be taken. Then, So we'd been doing that scan and separately we'd have been also receiving um, documents in confidence from staff elsewhere. And I just pull a couple of quotes up um, from those who asked not to be identified. Um, One uh, from another uh, institution wrote that (coughs) guidance on social media is that if the person is doing the cyberbullying, if the person doing the cyberbullying is in no way connected to my institution, it's not the uni's problem. And another wrote that we've got some really basic samples of netiquette uh, guidelines, but nothing more uh, formal than that. So, from our scan, uh, what, we, what we would suggest um, is most commonplace out there is that a lot of the current policies um, seem to focus still on protecting um, the image, uh, the intellectual property and the copyright uh, of the university. And so uh, one could look at it slightly c- cynically and say that it, it's all about protecting the financial assets and the brand. Uh, of the institution, or I think you can also look at it in a more generous way and to say that the the fast-changing nature of um, online media has meant that perhaps some of our policies are still lagging behind. Um, We're clinging to those issues that are familiar from the offline world and haven't caught up um, yet, just yet. so we felt like we didn't have a lot to work with within the university sector in terms of how to move forward. So then we started to scan outside of the university um, who, who's doing what elsewhere. Safer Internet Day seemed to be the place to go um, for um, guidance. Uh, but what we um, came up with from there was that a lot of the work is primarily focused on um, kids and uh, young adults. So, some ca- in some cases may be transferable, but not uh, not in all cases. Uh, elsewhere, again going back to the issue of celebrities, um, there do seem to be, uh, for instance Premier uh, League football clubs um, that are investing in systems um, to manage uh, in particular Twitter abuse of their um, players and in those circumstances you see um, the uh, club requiring or asking their um, players to report the problem directly to the club and the club will take action uh, so the players should not respond and then on on top of that, they are in, the, in, a, in a situation where they have the, I guess, the finances and resources to launch uh, lawsuits related to defamation. And then on top of that, and perhaps mo- m- s- quite interesting, we haven't been able to explore it, that um, FAR is new software being developed for individuals and um, institutions about brand um, damage um, to protect employees' reputations when they're um, using um, social media for work-related purposes. I'm slightly concerned that they don't care at all about emotional or mental health, but um, this SM Capture is one of these um, uh, brand damage sites where you can buy in to the package and uh, what it will supposedly um, do is um, automatically monitor um, your social media uh, and essentially hide um, hide some bad things, hide, hide all the bad things, delete um, c- uh, worrisome terms and so forth. Uh, so we could debate how effective that is and whether it's just playing into this, let's cover up the, the abuse rather than um, deal with it. And then, so the people that I've found most useful <laughs> um, to end it, uh, end it, and pass it over to the others um, uh, are coming from a variety of sources. And uh, I was at an event uh, in November where the anthropologist Kate Clancy um, was speaking of, again about her own. Um, personal abuse and larger research that she's been doing uh, related to abuse of those working in fieldwork oriented professions. And she talked about her rules for neutralizing um, the assholes, as she called it. Um, and so uh, some of her advice includes um, developing cross institutional codes of conduct um, that go, um, you know, again. Be, uh, Uh, around the university sector, so drawing upon things like unions and university um, consortia uh, to uh, implement policies not in a one-off fashion that's controlled independently, um, but more collectively. Um, She has talked about using community response tools, so again, a kind of naming and shaming uh, oriented approach using hashtags like hers, um, Troller Derby, to flag inappropriate content and expose aggressors. And she's talked, again, on a bigger, uh, wider level about... um, Normalizing diversity so that if you're hosting any kind of event where there's any kind of visibility, that those people that are representing you there are as diverse as possible. You have as many minority groups uh, and you have a full range of participants so that it doesn't become odd um, to see uh, different people there. It becomes the norm. And separate from Kate Clancy's advice, I've found JISC Legal's um, guidelines quite useful, and I think we'll hear more about that (laughs) in uh, a a second, because they have have started to outline acceptable um, use and takedown procedures. I think that the real meat, though, is in contract negotiations with online um, service providers, because... Most of us, I don't know about Oxford, but a lot of us are buying into contracts with Google and Microsoft and so forth to provide um, services to our staff and students. And in those negotiations, which tend to be fairly difficult to penetrate, um, there is an opportunity to take the lead uh, in setting safety guidelines um, around use uh, and protecting staff and students. And we have various examples of often related, again, to finances, but nevertheless in the States where where universities have backed out of their contracts uh, because the provider could not guarantee um, safe mechanisms of communication. Uh, So I'll leave you with uh, that. I look forward to hearing um, others uh, speak and share and learning from you. And thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me. I appreciate it.